Look, our brains are great at lots of things, but remembering passwords is not one of them, especially not secure passwords. Let's free our brains from being password managers and get something way better. 1Password. One 1Password one keeps everything private and in sync across multiple devices. 1Password can't see the passwords or sensitive information you store in 1Password, so they can't use it, share it, or sell it, and neither can anyone else. I've been using 1Password for about 10 years now, and it's made my life so much easier, especially using it with Touch ID and Face ID. It's the first thing I install on any new phone, computer, or tablet I'm using for myself or my family. And all you have to remember is one strong account password that protects everything else your logins, your credit cards, secure notes, or the office Wi-Fi password. And I love that something I use to save me so many hours, I can't even count them all, is something you can try too. Right now, my listeners get a free two-week trial at onepassword.com slash beyond for your growing business. That's two free weeks at onepassword.com slash beyond. Don't let security slow your business down. Go to onepassword.com slash beyond. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm excited to welcome back to the show, John Jantz. He was on the show earlier this year, back in January, which seems like years ago at this point. And in that episode, we talked about his new book at that time, The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur. And I decided that as the book is a daily reading book that gives you lessons and literature, etc., it made sense to jump into some of the most beneficial entries, specifically focusing in on resilience as we close out this calendar year, because I think it's something we all could use right now. So John and I focus in on entries from his book in the month of August, centering on the theme of resilience. And I think that you, if you're like me, are going to find this a helpful reminder of some of the ways that you can use perspective and action and consistent repetition to gain more resilience as we close out this calendar year and open up the next one. And I know that you, like me, are going to find this extremely helpful. So I will get out of the way and just say, enjoy this conversation with John Jantz. Well, this week, it is my privilege to welcome back to the show, John Jantz. John, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. It's funny, this uh, um, we we did our show uh, when the book, The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur, came out. And it's one of those books that I think this is the fourth or fifth podcast that is actually having me back to talk about the <laughs> same book, which is kind of a new phenomenon for me. But this is one of those books that just recycles every year. It's uh, because it's a calendar book. <laughs> um, I, I guess I'll be doing this for years. Well, I'll, I'll see you next uh, next uh, fall or, or spring. Yeah, I'm sure. You know what? That It's a date. It's a date. John, because uh, right. what I love about this book, and, and I mean, we, we talked all about it and we probably should, you know, for somebody who hasn't heard that first episode, we should give a little disclaimer as to, okay, what is the book and you right, know, right, kind of right. break it up real quick and do a quick summary. But I want to dive into a specific theme that is one of the monthly themes in the book. But uh, let, let's give that little synopsis of what the book is. 
Yeah, so it's 366 daily meditations to feed your soul and grow your business. So it is set up as a daily read. Uh, takes you about two minutes. You know, you, you show up at whatever date it is. You flip to that date and, you, and you're going to find uh, three things. You're going to find uh, a passage from some mid-19th century literature that I think is tremendously focused on entrepreneurs. You're going to see me riff for about 100, 150 words about that particular passage. And then I leave you every day with a, a question. So it's... It's kind of one of those morning ritual, you know, build into you know some part of your day kind of uh, books for for some inspiration. It's you know I I actually refer to it as as a you know, more of a practice, you know, than than a book that you take on vacation and read. So we we mentioned before we talked about this uh, almost a year ago. It feels like well, I mean, it feels way more than that, but it was January <laughs> and the book came out late late last well, late last fall. That's um, right. What's funny is, is we, we talked, we recorded prior to COVID this year in the year of 2020 and yeah. we're recording this now in December. And so that kind of was on my mind. I'm thinking, you know, this is, it, it's, it was great that this book came out when it did because people had this all this year. Um, and, and of course, unfortunately, some people did not. So I'm kind of like, <laughs> Hey, now's the time to maybe revisit that or pick it back up, especially if you already own it. Um, but I, I can I could not help but think when I knew I was going to talk to you again that I wanted to hit on something that was going to provide some some meaning, some solace, some bolstering to not just the entrepreneurial spirit or entrepreneurs out there, but just people in general, and, which this book is great for also. And I couldn't help but think of the theme of the month of August, which is resilience, which which is kind yeah. of ironic. The whole book is called The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur. But uh, what is your kind of take on that word resilience? Well, sure. So, so as you noted, actually, there are 12 months. And so I gave each month a theme, which kind of helped me organize it. And, and frankly, you know, I, when I was thinking resilience, I was not thinking, of course, of a global pandemic. I was thinking of the fact that, it, that entrepreneurs always have required, um, you know, resilience. I think throughout history, I, I think the most successful entrepreneurs have always had a way of kind of reframing um, you know, even success, but but certainly failure as, you know, little more than a chance to learn. Um, and that, you know, I think anybody who's done this for any amount of time realizes that if you're if you're going to get bogged down on what happened today or what might happen tomorrow, as opposed to just like getting up and, and seeing how you can change the world, uh, you know, you're going to have a tough time as an entrepreneur. So um, and I really do think it, the, the key word is the ability to reframe. You know, it's not just a matter of saying, I'm going to soldier on, you know, it's just like, I don't care, you know, what's happening to me, I'm going to keep going. I mean, that, there is an element of resilience there. But I think it's more about like, why did this happen? What is it here? To, what am I here to learn, <laughs> you know, from this thing? And I, I think you can certainly as a human being apply that to the year of 2020. Um, I think a lot of people. Um, if they didn't, they missed the boat. Uh, but I think a lot of people probably learned a lot about themselves, um, about their relationship to others, about their relationship to, you know, our tiny speck on this planet um, over the course of, of this last year. At least that's what, certainly what I've taken away uh, from kind of the great pause. And, and now as you know, we're trying to move through it. Yeah, I, I definitely did. I think that that's been one of the things that's you know, this book has been very handy for, so thank you for that. <laughs> and uh, just, you know, taking that time in the mornings or, you know, mid mornings to, to read, to journal, to reflect, uh, yeah. that's been part of that. And so again, that's where this book has fit in for me and I know others as well. 
Yeah, it's kind of like, a, um, you know, <laughs> I like today is a typical day. I have six meetings today, calling, you know, calling this a meeting. And, you know, by the time I'm done today, I'm going to be pretty mentally and physically drained. Um, and I see kind of my morning ritual as it's like fill up the tank again. You know, because you're going to go you're going to go out there and you're going to need all of the positive vibes and, and energy to, you know, to be able to handle whatever happens, planned or unplanned. Um, and, and I think that I think that, you know, if I weren't to have that, I, uh, that kind of morning ritual, um, I think a lot of times you can go out there, you know, without the right armor on. Well, what do you say we uh, jump into some specific uh, entries that sure. I've uh, earmarked here in, in that theme of resilience from that month of August? Okay. Man, I, I wish it were August right now. I'd feel a lot better. It's, it's <laughs> We've just had some snow and it's like, oh, man, we're in for winter now. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, my first entry that I've selected is uh, August 4th and it's titled Suffering Strengthens. Yeah. So it's, it's funny. So as I mentioned, uh, you know, the writings that start off this are all from the mid 19th century and they, uh, many of them were from uh, a group of people that were labeled as transcendentalists, which was basically just, you know, they were heretics because they were saying, you know, you should think for yourself and uh, we should stop paying attention to maybe what the government says or what the preacher says and, and, you know, kind of rely on ourselves, uh, not to go it alone, but to, to trust ourselves enough to, to make decisions. And, you know, I think that's a theme that obviously the pandemic and and really even the I would say the political divide that had been going on maybe for years, several years before the pandemic, um, to me, kind of mirrors what was going on in the mid 19th century. We were on the cusp of the Civil War. Uh, women uh we're not allowed to vote, but we're certainly starting to march in the streets. Uh, we were trying to abolish the human uh, the legal act of human slavery. Um, and I know that sounds a little dramatic, but I, I think you could I think there would be those that could say, you know, maybe maybe we've recycled again <laughs> into right. kind of a, a period of upheaval. And I, I will say that that's what motivated me to write the book as much as anything. I, I think entrepreneurs are have always been, uh, but certainly increasingly become the 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 voice of good and of positive change. Um, and so I think that, you know, an army of self-reliant entrepreneurs is, is really going to bring us back to uh, some sense of normalcy if the, if that ever exists. So uh, I know you didn't ask me to go on that long rant, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I see further the setting up, you know, why I, why I chose the writers that I chose and what's, what's great is, you know, this, this writing is 150 years old and it, it and many times, you know, sounds as relevant today as, you know, as it certainly did then. You picked a hard one, though, because you picked Emily Dickinson yes. um, <laughs> uh, and poetry, um, <laughs> you know, which for a lot of people is like, what is that all about? And, of course, she was a little on the darker side, too. But uh, would you, do you want me to read this or just uh, just chat about it? You know what? I, I think uh, seriously, I, I hadn't had a plan uh, for that. I think okay. last time we, we went ahead and uh, you read one or two of them okay. and then we went through it. But of course, I don't want to just make you, uh, you know, hey, let's have John come on and read his book to us. <laughs> this isn't right. the audiobook. But um, yeah. I think maybe if there's anything that jumps out to you, I kind of have a, a couple of thoughts, I guess. Why maybe did you select this passage, I guess, is a good place to start. Well, sure. So, so um, you know, I think a lot of uh, if anybody's writing Emily Dickinson, she could be a little bit on the dark side, um, cynical side at times. And, and, you know, I think a lot of, you know, what she says in this passage is that 
I mean, I, I kind of resum it in this, you know, that which does not kill is only makes you stronger. Um, and I think that she, you know, her point in this is that <clears throat> time heals was kind of the point of that. And that, that, you know, if you, you know, today it may seem really bleak, but you know, over time you're going to find out it, it's, it's actually going to make you stronger and it'll take time for that, but you'll come out of this uh, even stronger. And I, and I think that, um, again, going to talk about, you know, a, a lot of, you know, a lot of businesses certainly uh, were wiped out by no fault of their own by the tsunami, you know, of this uh, being in the wrong industry at the wrong time. But I've also seen a whole lot of businesses get stronger um, and not because they pivoted or started making some new product or service, but because they got closer to their customers, uh, which is probably something that is always a good idea, but is is easy and good times to kind of maybe uh, neglect. Um, and I think that that's in a in a way, you know, that sort of positive nature of being more human, more empathetic, uh, getting closer to your customers is actually um, a, a thing that uh, you know that 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 resilience um, you know plays a role in. Yeah, it, it's almost like if the company was a person. It did its, you know, thinking time, its contemplative time yeah. and, and went back yeah. to bare bones and said, you know, what what does my existential crisis mean for me right now? And then how do I carry on forward? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, and and I think that, you know, I, I, again, I work with a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, and and I think that that's a I think that's a lesson that uh, many of them have take, taken from this. We'll see, you know, in two years from now. Um, you know, maybe it'll all be forgotten, but I think there are elements, there are elements of what has gone on this, this last year that are going to color the next, next decade. Yeah, for sure. So, so this entry, you know, it's kind of a mix between, you know, I don't want to be trite by saying this, but it's a, it's a mixture of time heals all wounds and, uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, but you, you need to hear those repeated yeah. over and over from some, you know, from somebody that you trust. Because mm-hmm. once in a while, and and or often, we forget. <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, she uses the word uh, sinew um, in this. Uh, um, you know, as sinews do with age, and and you know, some people that studied anatomy and physiology, you know, sinew is you know often uh, talked about as a part of the muscle, and uh, it, it, the actual you know Greek definition was a source of power. Um, and I think that that's in some ways there will be people that, that this year has been a source of power. So the next entry that I've got is actually the next day, August 5th. And this one I really like because <laughs> it's called the first dozen times and you're, you've got Thoreau. This one actually I think would be best read. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, in this one, I'm talking about the, the idea that, that, you know, our, our business is our practice, you know, working on our business is a lot of what this one has to do with. So you, you want me to go for it? Yeah, let's do this. Let's read this one. Cause I love Thoreau. So yes. hearing it read is, is okay. August 5th, the first dozen times, let me suggest a theme for you to state to yourself precisely and completely what that walk over the mountains amounted to for you returning to this essay again and again, until you are satisfied that all that was important in your experience is in it. Give this good reason to yourself for having gone over the mountains, for mankind is ever going over a mountain. Don't suppose that you can tell it precisely the first dozen times you try. But, Adam, again, especially where, after a sufficient pause, you suspect that you are touching the heart or summit of the matter, 
reiterate your blows there and account for the mountain to yourself. Not that the story need be long, but will take a long while to make it short. That is from uh, letters that uh, Thoreau wrote. Um, I think that one particularly was written to Nathaniel Hawthorne in 1857. The section of a line in there is that for mankind is ever going over a mountain is what struck (laughs) me. And I just, I just couldn't help but think, yep, we all are always going over yet another mountain. This one's just bigger and we're all doing it together. Yeah. Thoreau writes about mountains quite a bit. Um, So uh, I went on to say in your entrepreneurial journey, there, there lives a progression towards the heart or summit of the matter. It may at times take the disguise of progress, contraction, or more likely a plateau, and it will involve repetition, endless repetition to get it right. Thoreau loved mountains. And even in this letter to a friend, he used their image to speak of the of the pains involved in his creative writing process. With repetition comes muscle memory. Repetition allows us to better know ourselves, to better understand our value. With repetition comes simplicity. Repetition allows us to chisel away the parts that serve to weigh us, weigh us or our ideas down. Repetition, some might call it practice allows us to move from that uncomfortable space where our creativity is bred to that comfortable space where our creativity is grasped. And this is when we can share it with the world as we continue to practice and evolve still further. It may take you no time at all to find your story, but it will take repetition to make it short. And then the challenge question at the end is uh, what aspect of your art needs practice and how will you get it? Yeah. And uh, man, I, I couldn't help but think of the word monotony feeling mm-hmm. like something that people would identify with uh, currently, but that the the word repetition and practice are positive spins to that word or that feeling of monotony. It's that, no, anchor yourself in the fact that you are doing the same thing over and over, or at least start to do the same thing over and over if you've done some of that, again, contemplative work, and do that intentional practice, not just monotonous, you know, day in, day out showing up. Although there's something to be said for showing up. (laughs) Well, I think what happens, things become monotonous because we no longer pay attention. Mm. We're no longer mindful when we're doing them. And I think that what one of the core messages I was trying to get across in this is that you're never done. I mean, you may think you've perfected something, uh, but if you stop learning from it, the practice of it, um, then, you know, then you are probably done (laughs) and that it will, it will stale. It would no longer evolve. It will no longer uh, bring as much value to the world. Um, and I think that that's, that's the real point to me is, I mean, there are things that I, you know, I've owned my own business for 30 years. I've been talking about marketing as a system for, you know, a good 25 years uh, of that. And the, the concept itself, you know, still blossoms for me. I mean, it's still uh, very much alive and evolving and changing. And I, you know, I tell people all the time, I do a lot of training of consultants that use the duct tape marketing system. And I tell them all the time, I'll never be done with it. Well, there's always more duct tape to put on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people 
people, or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic. For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond. Again, go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The next one that I've got actually is is one of my favorites. This is uh, Mark Twain on August eighth, uh, called "Indestructibly Content." Um, I think what I'll do is I'll read it. I'll read yeah. the uh, the entry by Mark Twain, and then you can maybe riff on uh, what you okay. wrote in addition to that. So let me get my book here. In a word, the whole human race is content, always content, persistently content, indestructibly content, happy, thankful. Proud, no matter what its religion is, nor whether its master be a tiger or house cat. Am I stating facts? You know I am. Is the human race cheerful? You know it is. Considering what it can stand and be happy, you do me too much honor when you think that I can place before it a system of plain, cold, hard facts that can take the cheerfulness out of it. Nothing can do that. Everything has been tried without success. I beg you not to be troubled. And that is Mark Twain from What is Man, 1906. Wow. <laughs> Over 100 years ago. Yeah. So so the, the line that struck out stuck out for me, of course, is in why it became the title, Indestructibly Content. Because I, I do think in life, in business, as entrepreneurs, you know, we can get content. And, and there's... Nothing wrong with content necessarily, except that I think that's when mediocrity shows up. I mean, um, I'm not suggesting that you always have to be striving and, you know, I'm definitely not the, you know, hustle 
and grind, you know, camp. But I do think that if you're not staying curious, if you're not figuring out how something could be uh, better, if you're not challenging yourself, you're, you're not growing anymore. And, and I think that's the challenge with, with indestructibly content is that you stop growing. Yeah. I, I, for me, the, that word content is, is usually a positive word. And that was what I was right. thinking of here in this entry. It's, it's not as much of a positive word. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it, it, in this, it's kind of like resting on your laurels or being, yeah. uh, you know, or, or, or warm and napping and laying on your past successes, not, uh, looking forward to the future. And, and, and I couldn't help but think of the, the juxtaposition again of we all were kind of content until yeah. recently. And then we got shaken out of our contentedness for better or for worse. And, and in, in a lot of ways, both. You know, I, I, and I write about this in another part of the book somewhere. Um, but one of the things I, I was really struck with is that, and, and travel, you know, used mm. to be um, <laughs> the way to really witness this is, is how, how used we are to have become to being comfortable and, and travel sort of shakes you out of your comfort zone and it's inconvenient. And sometimes it's a pain in the butt. And sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's, you, that's why people get mad on planes and in airports and you see all kinds of crazy behavior because we're not used to being uncomfortable anymore. Um, and I think that, um, I think that there, there is some value in intentionally experiencing being uncomfortable. Um, from time to time, um, I know there are people that talk about like the, the, the whole cold, uh, baths and the whole cold showers and, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff to actually intentionally make yourself uncomfortable. Um, I think what it does is it has the, the value of bringing back into perspective, um, everything that you have, um, everything that you get to experience. And, and I think that, you know, that may seem a little out there for some people, but I, I do think that that's, you know, parallels, uh, this idea of being content is that, you know, if you're content, you know, you're probably not doing your best work. People have gone through worse, honestly, yeah. <laughs> before. So my next one is August 11th, removing all obstacles. This one's uh, an interesting one. I guess maybe go ahead and read this one again. I think this one in a word is about uh, perseverance. Yes. So <laughs> it's not always those who have the best advantages or the greatest talents that eventually succeed in their undertakings, but it's those who strive with untiring diligence to remove all obstacles to success and who with unconquerable resolution labor on until the rich reward of perseverance is within their grasp. Then again, let me say to our young men, take courage. There's a good thing, a good time coming. The darkness of the night appears greatest just before the dawn. It's worth noting that uh, this is William Wells Brown, three years in Europe. And it's worth noting that Brown um, spent some time as, as a slave. Um, so with that context, <laughs> yeah. uh, perseverance maybe takes on a, uh, and resilience takes on a uh, you know, height, heightened meaning. Perseverance is a powerful tool for the world, for the would-be and experienced entrepreneur alike. The first step in building the grit to persevere is to make sure that your objectives are worth your perseverance. It's all a big fat balancing act. What are your relationships, health, and happiness worth anyway? Check. You've got this then. You know that however you've got it dialed in, there will always be times you want to quit. 
But resilience isn't about finding heroic mental stamina. It's about taking the next step, even though all you want to do is lie on your back and lazily toss and catch a baseball several thousand times. Uh, This is for illustration purposes only. You may or may not have ever done this. It's kind of soothing, though, but all right, where were we? To strive with untiring diligence to remove all obstacles to success is the answer. Remove all obstacles, one at a time, step by step. Cope by blowing off steam. Take every obstacle for what it's worth. Letting go of timelines, celebrating everything. Sometimes a worthy goal is as small as making it to another sunrise. To bring a fresh pair of eyes to the obstacle. To win because you showed up. And then the uh, challenge question is, uh, what is your definition of perseverance? And actually, I'm going to spin that back on you. You know, what do you see as the the relationship or the uh, the difference, if there is one, between the words resilience and perseverance? So sometimes you persevere without an answer. You know, you don't know why you're showing up. You just, you know, history hopefully has maybe taught you to trust yourself enough to try it again, try it a different way. So, you know, that in that sense, you know, perseverance, you know, is is sort of the fighting uh, between I don't want to do this and I do want to do this. Um, whereas I think resilience is more about the idea that, um, okay, something good or bad happened. Um, I'm not going to judge necessarily that it was good or bad. I'm going to judge it for what I learned from it. Mm, yeah. There's a number of lines in here that that you've got um, that that really stand out to me. It, that that resilience isn't just about uh, having that heroic mental stamina, but it's right. that uh, you know taking that next step over and over again, even when all you want to do is is lay on your back and then you know do whatever. But <laughs> right. Well, I, I I I use that example because when I was growing up, I played baseball and I I can't tell you how many times I would lay in bed and just throw the ball up at the ceiling. So maybe I was a little bit uh, uh telling on myself there. But but the other point that I think I was trying to make there too is sometimes resilience shows up in, in the form of procrastination. And a lot of people talking about good words, bad words, a lot of people think of procrastination as a bad thing. I can't tell you how many times throughout the course of my career where I had gained the experience or the the wisdom to know when to wait and not to just push through something because it's like I got to, you know, I got to make something happen. Um, and I think that there, there's a lot in that as well um, to, to resilience is that, you know, maybe what I learned was, uh, you know, to not call that, you know, to not call that client back tomorrow and, and ask them if they got my proposal, but to actually, you know, wait and, and let, you know, whatever it is that's guiding us all around here, all the strings, you know, around here actually decide when something's going to happen. And, and I think that, you know, that's a part of resilience as well. That's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it in that way. One of the other things I, I like that you've got here is that um, you say uh, cope by blowing off steam, let go of timelines and celebrate everything. And, and and those are all three separate thoughts, but they all work together to kind of just say, look, uh, you need to cut yourself some slack. You need to celebrate anything and everything. We just we just passed uh, you, Thanksgiving here in the United States. And I kept constantly having to say, what am I thankful for? And being able to come up with lots of things I am thankful for to yep, celebrate. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think entrepreneurs are pretty famous for, 
you know, looking at the horizon, you know, the three-year goal. <laughs> and uh, of course, you know, we all know the horizon, you know, when you drive towards it, it moves away from you. You know, we, we're not so famous for turning around and going, dang, look how far I've come. Uh, let's see. I've got two more here that I think are, are really good ones. And um, it's it's August 14th and then the 17th. And so I think these are really good to kind of tie a bow on this uh, theme for now. Uh, 14th is called Greet the Dawn. Uh, this is another Thoreau entry, in fact, from Walden, which I love. Uh, yeah. I'll go ahead and read this one, and then you can kind of do your, your spin on your writing again. You bet. So let's see here. Uh, I know of no more encouraging fact that the unquestionable ability of a person to elevate their life by a conscious endeavor. It is something to be able to paint a particular picture or to carve a statue and so to make a few objects beautiful. But it is far more glorious to carve and paint the very atmosphere and medium through which we look, which morally we can do. To affect the quality of the day, that is the highest of arts. Man, I, to, to, um, before you, before you go, I just want to say in there, to be able to carve and paint the very atmosphere and medium yeah. through which we look is just such a great way to say to create your perspective and your mood and your vision of what you're seeing is, or even not just the vision of what you're seeing, but the, the vision of what you're seeing and how you're seeing it. It's, it's so cool. Well, I think what he's really saying too, is it's a choice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I think that's the, the part that's so when you're in the midst of all the reaction and things going on, you forget that, that even how you decide to respond is a choice. And so, um, you know, and I, I used this actually as a, you know, I'm a definitely a morning person. Um, I'm, you know, I'm up most days before the sun to me, that's just the, the most precious, um, hopeful time, you know, of, of any day. And, and, you know, I'd spend about an hour, you know, doing things to, uh, that I've done for years to get myself ready uh, for the day. And, and, you know, even if I've had, you know, the worst day possible, there, there've been more than one time that I've just said, you know what, I'm just gonna go to bed. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna let today go uh, because I've always got tomorrow. And, and I think that, you know, that, that speaks to resilience probably like, like nothing else. There's something there about, this this practice of you know i mean speaking to morning rituals for sure which is something obviously mm -hmm. we talk a lot about on on this show in in other episodes but man i've just never really heard about it put that way or thought about it that way that it's that that atmosphere and medium um through which we look and and he even calls it the the highest of arts which is really cool yeah no question so, and then, uh, let's see, sir, August, uh, what did I say? 17th, 17th is, yeah. uh, extreme self-care. And, and that's, <laughs> that sounds like a modern day, uh, you know, title in, in a, you know, a beauty magazine or something or blog. It, 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 it does. And I, I think that, you know, the term self-care has certainly in some ways gotten a bad rap because, you know, it has become sort of the, you know, the influencer on YouTube's, you know, <laughs> mantra for, you know, showing people rituals of, of his self-care. But I think the reality is that, you know, we may not be talking about a cucumber mask, you know, we may just be talking about, you know, the way we trust and um, our curiosity and the way that we are mindful, um, you know, as, as much as possible, the way we judge or don't judge things. Uh, gratitude, 
frankly, is extreme self-care <laughs> or a practice of, 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 you know, at least, uh, expressing gratitude, um, you know, for, for the gifts that we, we do have and the day that we do get. I mean, I think to me, those are all examples of self-care that, um, I think need to be intentional. Yeah. So, uh, funny, this is another Mark. I, I think I picked Thoreau and Mark Twain and then the Emily Dif- Dickinson one. I think that was pretty much what happened here. I did. I didn't even really notice that. Uh, yeah. obviously you can see who my favorites are. So, um, <laughs> Twain is just so funny. Oh, geez. I love Twain. So (laughs) I'm wondering, I don't know if this one makes a whole lot of sense to just to read or not. Um, but, but I think that the, the, the mark here that I really want to land on is that self care can feel very selfish, that it can feel like it's something that, um, I can't take care of myself because I've got other people that depend on me. And I always go to the, um, the thing Michael Hyatt says where he says, you know, on airplanes, they tell you to, to put your, your mask on first and then take care of the others. And that that's not a selfish thing because by doing that, you're then able to perform to a hutch, you know, a much higher caliber or to a much better quality or be present at all for everybody. And it doesn't take a lot to put that mask back on or my, your mask on first, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think it also, um, I, I think it, to me, it, it almost goes even a little deeper. It's very difficult for you to give something to somebody that you don't possess yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, you know, if, if our job is to care for others and to, to, you know, teach others and to, you know, mentor, you know, and we're not, doing sort of the same or getting the same, uh, possessing the same for ourselves, you're going to be less likely to be able to, to, uh, you know, to, to deliver that value to somebody else. So that's, that's to me, you know, I do talk about, I mean, I think there are self-care things. I mean, obviously we've got mind, body, and spirit that needs, (laughs) needs all need care. So, you know, it can be things like, you know, I think I even put in there putting, you know, putting sunscreen on, um, you know, is a form of certainly a form of self-care that everybody can relate to. Uh, but so is, frankly, defriending somebody on Facebook mm, that, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, that, that maybe is bringing you negative vibes. Yeah. Pruning of yeah. Uh, input sources <laughs> that that, that t- uh, sap that energy. You, like you yeah. said earlier, you know, first thing in the morning, you're filling the tank back up again and. You know, right. you go throughout the day and you realize, man, I've got leaks here and there. Figuring out those leaks, that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a form of care, you know, blocking out anything that's uh, that's toxic, you know, whether it's a chemical form or, or in <laughs> word and deed. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, thoughts, man. I, 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 <laughs> I will be honest here. And over the course of the past, you know, in particular with politics in the past, uh, mm-hmm three, four months, I've had waves of it where I've had to just completely cut out news for weeks on end because it just wasn't going to make any difference for me to check daily. I could check once a week, maybe on the weekend when I had more space to like, if, if something bothered me that I read, I could shake it off a little bit better because I had the time and space to do so. But that, that was definitely, um, one of those things. Yeah, no, no question. I, I think that, um, you know, it's okay to get upset. It's okay to be an activist. You know, it's an okay to want to change things. But, but I do think that when it, when, when our emotions are dictated by things that are out of our control, um, that's when it starts to bring us down. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So mind, body and spirit. I, I love that you put in here to, you know, get more laughter, 
um, yeah. and, and even go on writing thank you notes and things like that. I, I this is the kind of stuff that, again, when, when, when we're kind of content, referring back to the, uh, old, uh, post we were talking, or, uh, old, um, <laughs> entry we were talking about, we, when we get lulled into just complacency and contentment and we don't think about what's most important, then we're not going to be thinking, you know, if we're not already set up the habit of self care of, of all this different self-care pieces here, uh, but specifically ones that are like outward reaching to connect with people in meaningful ways. And in, in, in even um, we love digital, but in analog ways, like thank you notes, yeah. you know, yeah. that's yeah. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. I can't, I, I hope I, I have heard that pen pals have started to make a comeback recently oh, yeah. in recent months. So. Yeah, I, I certainly would not be the least bit surprised about that. You know, you think about some of the, you know, when you were growing up as a kid, you know, your your friends were, you know, everything. And uh, so you think about some of these 10, 12 year old kids that, uh, you know, no longer get to hang out with their friends uh, in real life. Um, you know, I'm sure that I'm sure in many cases uh, they're doing everything they can to stay in contact. Of course, I, you know, like you said, you know, texting and Instagram and all those kind of things <laughs> adds a layer of, of uh connection that we didn't have, but, uh, I'm sure that's still not, uh, you know, that pales, uh, as the primary way. Well, I, I did want to also call out, I didn't select, I, I almost, once I started getting going, um, looking through the book to see what could we talk about, I, I looked and I saw August obviously stood out as resilience and, and sure. that made the most sense to spend the most time on. I don't want to dive any deeper, but I do want to stay, you know, broader and say that by the way, October, all about change. And December, where we're at right now as we record this, is is grace. And I think those are two other components um, that if you have the book or if you grab the book uh, will be very beneficial to people right now. I don't know if you have any, you know, thoughts that jump out to you as I bring up those themes or those, um, yeah. you know, words. But I'd kind of like to close on that in terms of, you know, not only resilience, but change and grace is another place that – a lot of people are at or or will be at soon. Well, there there, there is a seasonal component uh, to the the themes. There's not a chronological component necessarily. It's not like you have to go through resilience before you can have grace. <laughs> right. But but uh, but there is a seasonal aspect to this, and I think that entrepreneurs, I, I myself, you know, came up with that seasonal structure because you know I've probably gone through. I I, I can readily identify numerous times of, of cycling through the seasons in my entrepreneurial journey. Um, and, and they're really more about, you know, how you're viewing things, what happens, then what happens next. Um, and I think that a lot of entrepreneurs are probably a lot of people have probably experienced a, a real compression of, of, you know, the seasons, uh, if you will. And, and some are, you know, some are starting over again, some are, um, you know, moving in another direction. Some are, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how to, how to deal with the uh, change that, that, you know, maybe was good, uh, for their business even. Um, and so, you know, that to me, um, uh, what I was really getting at point wise with that is that, um, even though this book follows a calendar year, um, whenever you pick up the book is, is, is the right place for you to start. Um, and you know, you Eric now are, are, are going to, I assume cycle through maybe another year. And I, I will challenge you to, uh, um, to read those new entries. And maybe, maybe you did in preparation for this show and kind of thought, huh, you know, that, that strikes me a little different this year because maybe I'm a little different person. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I totally can see that. I mean, I even just recently I was rereading a book I hadn't read in a long time. Yeah, yeah. And just the person I was the first time I read that versus now. So yeah, with and and so obviously with picking and choosing some great uh, literature as your basis for the entries here, I can see where uh, each year coming back around to these favorite passages or favorite days is going to bolster and or strike in a different way this time. Yeah, it's it's funny because obviously I wrote the book, um, but I mean, you know, it it many of these entries I wrote in mid twenty eighteen, believe it or not, um, and so I, you know, I I pick up the book every day and read, you know, today's entry, and there are a lot of entries that I don't remember writing, <laughs> um, and and it's not it's not just forgetfulness. I think it's just uh, it's it's to your point. I mean, I'm a different person, you know, two years later. And that's a good thing. And let's go with that as kind of our yeah. closing button here is that th- this book is honestly one of the things that's going to th- that honestly has really helped me personally. So, again, you know, publicly as a podcast uh, I, I listener and or writer, pro- projector, uh, host, <laughs> whatever, all those different hats. Uh, I just want to say thank you for, for doing this. I'm glad that you followed through on this because it's going to be great. And actually, I know you've got another book coming up like soon. I just saw the announcement. I do. I, I actually just turned it in, but I'm still in the traditional publishing model. And so it's not going to be, uh, it's coming out with from Harper uh, Collins leadership. Um, and, but it won't be until October of 2021, depending upon when you're listening to this, it's, uh, uh, called the ultimate marketing engine. Yeah. So maybe we'll have to figure out a way to, to, to have you back to, to, even if we just t- hit on this book again and then mention yeah. that one <laughs> or something, we'll see. <laughs> you, so you, you bet. Happy to do it. Eric. Yeah. Uh, John, always great talking with you. So glad we got to do this again and uh, we'll definitely do it again soon. Awesome. Well, I hope that you enjoyed revisiting the self-reliant entrepreneur with John Jance. I can't express enough how important a book this is for daily reading. If you don't already have it, I would highly encourage you to pick it up. You can find the link in the show notes. And I hope that you, like me, found something incredibly helpful in this episode talking with John about resilience, about changing your perspective, about waking in the morning and setting your perspective, about self-care and mostly about perseverance. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to share it with somebody you know needs to hear it, to be reminded of those things as well. To do that, just hit the share button wherever you're listening to this, whatever podcast player app of choice you're using, or again, head on over to the show notes at beyondthetodolist.com. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you again for listening, and I will see you next episode.
Hey, thanks for listening to the end. If you're looking for a show to start helping you apply these productivity lessons on your business, check out Millionaire University. It's real lessons from real entrepreneurs teaching you what you need to know to improve your business or start one if you've been putting it off. It covers all aspects of business from starting marketing, growing, managing, and everything in between, wearing all the hats. And as an added bonus, I am conducting a number of those conversations, those interviews. So you'll fit right in. Again, that's Millionaire University. Just search for it in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.